Hey guys, welcome into the Any Given Day podcast. My name's Hunter Moss. That's Zach Bonner. Welcome in to the hopefully soon to be premier college football podcast. Till then, we're working our way up. Uh, and well, that's really all we really need to say right at this point. We're, we're, I think we're going to get into things pretty quickly in in a minute or two. But first, just to say, um, we're, we're going to go ahead and get this out there right now. Bonner and myself, our our fandom of choice is the University of Georgia. However, this is not a podcast about Georgia. This is a podcast about college football as a whole. This is going to be our unbiased looks at, at all the games and goings on in this season and hopefully multiple seasons to come. Uh, I, I guess, though, we'll, we'll start off with Colorado-Nebraska game. I, it, it was pretty close until I'd say probably about the last – quarter or so nebraska just nebraska and it was it, it was over from there colorado's done a pretty good job of going and flipping over the talent really if we're not and, and i don't know bonner what were your thoughts on the game i mean colorado looked really impressive um I feel like more than anything, Nebraska really gave this game away. I mean, Jeff Sims was not impressive at all. I mean, one interception, two fumbles, only 106 yards passing, nine for 15. I mean, a lot of a lot of misfield. I mean, misfield goals, fumble. They're just giving the ball away. I mean, it was like you said, it was a close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, until till after half, and then Colorado just ran away with it and. Dion's done a very good job with Colorado, flipping all this talent and with how good they've shown to be so far at the start of the season with all the turnover they had is quite impressive. So it, Colorado looks good. It's just I don't think Nebraska's a great comparative opponent at all. At this point, at least. I, I think Matt Rule will turn things around eventually. He, he's proved that he's a great collegiate coach first at Temple, then at Baylor, and then he kind of sort of screwed up and went to the NFL for however long he was up there. But he's yeah. come back down, and and he knows how to turn a program around himself. He just – he's not going to do it at the same pace that Dion is because they, they're the two different types of coach coaches really if we're being honest maybe yeah. not different types of coaches so much as Dion's just got this overwhelming star power and charisma about him right and, everybody and wants to play for Dion exactly. I mean I mean you get 80 plus in the transfer portal and 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 I think that's one of the reasons why some people were kind of off of Colorado because you're getting 80 plus transfers in not to mention all the guys you were losing before who were basically forced to leave Colorado because it's, it's overquoted and everything, <laughs> but Dion was bringing his Louie with him. 
is bringing his bags, and they were Louie. So, and, and he brought a few of the key players from Jackson State. He brought both of his kids and, well, his third, what might as well be his third kid in Travis Hunter. Fourth kid, right. technically, if you think of his oldest, but his oldest is not a player currently. He's helping with the social media presence, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Travis Hunter is he's he's unreal, man. Yeah, he continues to impress. I mean, 73 yards receiving. He had another four tackles on the defensive side. Pass deflection. I mean, so Travis Hunter is just it's it's more of a story of can he keep this up over a full football season than is he good enough to do it? Because he's good enough to do it. He's shown that through the first two games of the year so far. It's just can can he manage that over a full season and be able to hold on? That that is a question because Charles Robinson, not Charles Robinson, Charles Woodson. I don't know why I said Robinson. Anyway, I was thinking Donard Robinson and Charles Woodson at the same time, both Michigan players. Anyways, right. they uh, Charles Woodson went and won it as a defense player, but he really only won it because he was also getting enough snaps on offense to be able to score touchdowns, and he was just that much of an impact player. If Travis Hunter keeps doing what he's been doing so far and at the pace that he's been doing it with the amount of snaps that he's been doing it, easy win for Heisman. I, I do believe that. Yeah. But the question is the snap count. Can he go through that much? Can can he stay healthy that long? That's that's right. another thing. We you could he could get injured in practice for all we know, and then he's off the he's out for a game or two. Right. But I, I mean, think it, go on. I mean, I feel like Dion's. He's going to look out for him. I don't think Dion's going to push him to the extent that he's going to get hurt. I know Dion wants him to succeed, but mm-hmm. at the same point, I don't think he's going to push him to the point where he's going to end up hurt and ruin his career. Like, like you said, it's like a, a fourth son to him. It's, you know, it's, I don't think he'd do anything to, to hurt him. So, yeah. And, and, and even then, you also have to take into account what Shadur Sanders has done. So far this season, he's he's looked great. Then again, he's probably been playing in Dion's system for really ever, if we're being honest. Right. So, because that that's what it is. It is Dion's system, and right. I, I don't think anyone's going to doubt that. Uh, Shador was probably the best quarterback to have going into this season. Uh, he's yes. he's looked extremely impressive. What what is it? Nearly. Is it over 900 yards passing in the first two games, I think? He has 903 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions through two, two games. Oof. Just wow. Uh, they're, they're going to turn it. They're, they're obviously, they've already doubled their win record. I think they will. I, they should make a bowl game this year, especially if they keep going at this pace. Uh are they going to be in the Pac-12 championship? Maybe, maybe not. Their first big test, because uh, we we're, were talking about this off 
Yeah, I mean, their first big test will be Oregon at Oregon, and then the next week they, they have USC at Boulder. So, I, I, Oregon looks good this year so far. So far, yes. I mean, Bonex. USC's USC. Bo Nix has I mean, looked amazing ever since he left Auburn. Yes. Truly, but has. then again, you – you also have to take into account, isn't this – I think this is the first time he's had been – well, no, no, no. Oh, my gosh, no. Kenny Dillingham left for Arizona State. Mm-hmm. So, he's got another new offensive coordinator. But he still has looked pretty daggum good. Impressive. Really impressive. So, I mean, that, that'll be Colorado's first real test, especially at Oregon. It's it's mm-hmm. such a – that's a violent place to go into and try and win a football game. But yeah, only hope if anybody's going to have him prepared, it's Dion. He's played in just about as big of situations as you can play in as a player. So, yep, yep, and 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 deceptively loud stadium. It only holds fifty five thousand people, maybe a little bit more, if I'm not remembering correctly. It's around fifty five thousand. It's around fifty five thousand. Yeah. Yeah, but because of the way that stadium was constructed and built, Autzen Stadium is a lot louder than 55,000. It sounds yeah. so much louder than that. It's astounding, truly. Uh, I and, and, you know, we spend the first few minutes of this podcast talking about Colorado, but Nebraska, Nebraska has really nothing to hang their head on or their head down about, I should say. Uh, this is Matt Rule's first year as head coach. This is his second game. Like like we were right. saying earlier, he he can turn a program around. Is Jeff Sims going to be your quarterback for the rest of the season? Maybe, maybe not. not. It's it's it, he lost a lot of confidence in that game, and I I saw a lot of people saying, "Why aren't you pulling him? He has no confidence left." And and I kind of agree with that. It was close for a bit, but the fourth quarter happened, and he – even before the fourth quarter, he struggled a bit. What was it? Uh, two interceptions, two fumbles, or – One interception, two fumbles. One interception, two fumbles. Yeah. It was it was, it was was a struggle for him, man. I, I feel bad for him. I, I truly do. You, you go – Nebraska used to be such a powerhouse. And I think Matt Rule can turn it back into one, give or take a few years. They, they've got to be patient. Because if they're not patient and they fire him too soon. I mean, all this was for nothing. Exactly. It, it, I mean. And, and, and that is, going back to Colorado real quick, that's another thing right there. Dion has kind of gone and sh- changed the way some – athletic directors and team presidents or school presidents are going to look at coaching with the transfer portal. He was able to flip every like 80 something players first year there. All of a sudden he's, he's gone off and he's gotten two wins. He's undefeated to begin the season. And, and some people are going to be like, well, why can't our coach do that? Well, do they have the star fire star power? Not the star fire. I don't know. I mean, no, nobody's – no coach that's coming in is going to have the star power that Dion has and the pull that Dion has to say, 
you know, I want you to come play for me and I can show you what you need to do because I've been there. I played in the NFL. I know what you need to do to get there. No coach has that. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one close to him would be Nick Saban solely because of what Nick Saban has done. Just the longevity. Yes. Of how long he's done it. And and even then, I don't know if he's got the same like. He's he's just he's getting old, man. He's getting old, and yeah. that's and that's not that's life. But you don't want him to stay around too long, like Joe Paterno, you know. No, yeah. I th- I think another one that could uh, possibly, well, no, they won't. Kirby Smart will not rival Dion in star fi- in star power. And, no, and in, but he he gets things done. Like you can't go and look and say he has not produced amazing defenses and he has not produced amazing defensive talent. Right, but again, it's one of those Kirby was never a you know a starting defensive back in the NFL, let alone an all-pro defensive back in the NFL. I mean, you know, Dion's done it. And it's just a big recruiting shit to be able to say, I've done this professionally. I've made money off of this. I can show you what I know. So, but, I mean, long story short, Nebraska fans, don't get don't get down and, and don't get concerned about it. Is Matt Rule the right answer? Maybe. He, he's not Dion. No, but but so they, don't expect this to happen overnight. But he's no, done it before. He I, had I, Baylor as a contender. Yes, not for the playoffs or anything, but a Big Twelve contender. A, a New so, Year's Six Bowl. Like right. He's he's coached in one before, so it's right. he will if you give him the time, he will get it done. Especially in Nebraska is a much more historic and storied program than Baylor was. Right. So I, I truly do think he can turn around. It just might take him a bit of time. And so Nebraska fans have nothing to worry about, in my yeah. opinion, unless the Pelini curse is real. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. I'd, yeah, no, you know. no, no panic buttons, no, no red words, nothing like that. Uh, y'all no. just give it time. Just just give it time. It will. It should work. It should work out. Hopefully. Yes. Uh, speaking of Baylor, though, they were also in a Power Five cross matchup with Utah, um, and they held on. They held the lead for a good chunk of time. Uh, just Utah had to fight their way back, and Utah kind of showed a bit of a struggle this week without Cam Rising. Yeah, I mean, Baylor played great. They Baylor played probably their best game that they will this year. And they probably should have won that game. But I, in the end, Utah's depth just won out. Utah had more depth. I mean, by the time they get to the fourth quarter, Baylor didn't look like the same football team from the first three quarters. They looked tired. They looked out of it. And they – they just fell apart worn that, down. Last, that last quarter. Yeah, they just, they got worn down. They didn't have the depth to keep up with Utah. Utah's got that strong defense and that power mm-hmm. offense, and it, they just wear you down. I mean, 
it, Baylor held the lead until the fourth quarter. Yeah, and and, and we say power offense, but, but they, it's like you said, they wore them down. the The offense wasn't necessarily as well as it has been, and and you could see the lack of Cam rising. They only completed, yes. from what I'm seeing between both quarterbacks, they only completed 12 passes. Now, granted, 153 yards on those 12 passes, but... I mean, no touchdown passes, one interception. Yeah, it's... it's They were they were, they were were heavily relying on Jaquindon Jackson this week in, in yes. his rushing, and you could tell it... Cam rising when he comes back should make that offense run so much more smoothly. Because right now it's like you're you you've split him into two people and you're having to rotate them between Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes having to go and switch in and out in and out sometimes every other play every play every other drive it it throws things off and right. and for a smart team a smart defensive team like. What Dave Aranda's got over at Baylor, Baylor will always have a solid defense, in my opinion. Dave Aranda is a great coach, a great defensive mind as well. Yeah, he's going I mean, to he'll, he's always going to have the defense ready. Exactly. I and, mean, and when you're rotating in a quarterback between Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes, one who is in Nate Johnson's view, well, no, actually, Nate Johnson had a better better QBR this week. He was the better passer this week. Much better. Why didn't they? Yeah. Then again, you you don't really look at they... him to pass. He's more the dual threat guy. He's more the change of pace. Yeah, he's the change of pace quarterback. Come in there and, you know, it's change of pace. So, which, I mean, he passed for more yards, better QBR, I mean, better average. I mean, Bryson Barnes really didn't play great. Which, at, at the same time, you could view as how Aranda had the team prep. He probably saw what Utah did against Florida and was like, okay, we know when Johnson's going to be in, they're more than likely going to run the ball somehow. When Barnes is going yeah. to be in, they're more than likely going to pass. So it, it kind of also makes sense in a way that Johnson did get better passing, like had the better passing stats solely because they weren't ex- mainly expecting him to pass that much, which in theory right. he didn't, but you know, he still no. completed six of the, his seven attempts. That was probably a lot more than they were expecting from him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Baylor played a really great game. They just got, you know, it's just unfortunate. I mean, they, they played the hell of a game. Just Utah, Utah outlasted them. Mm-hmm. And both and teams you, played their hearts out. So, oh yeah, it was well fought contest, really well fought contest. Kind of, uh, it, it it's the kind of football game you want to see uh, each and every Saturday. You know, unlike unlike Cal versus Auburn, and we'll get into that. And in, well, let's go ahead and get into that. Actually, you know. Because uh, we've already really talked about Baylor and Utah. It, it, Cal and Auburn, man, that, that was rough to watch. It was. It's, um, neither of them really played great at all. No, and, and there, 
there's a feasible shot that Cal probably should have won the game. You, they could make the argument that they were robbed of a touchdown in the first quarter when, uh, yeah, when what's what's his uh, Peyton Thorne. Yeah, yeah, Peyton Thorne threw the interception on Peyton the run Thorne through that pass, and and, <laughs> and they marked him. They marked uh, marked him out of bounds. Yeah, marked him out of bounds. What was uh, looking it up? He yeah. I mean, if that if that stands, that's. I mean that's seventeen fourteen win for Cal. Yeah, and, I mean, and what what the whole thing with that happened because uh, Noel Williams, I think, is his name. A, no, not Noel Williams. That was someone else. Uh, no, it was a fumble. It was a fumble. No. Yeah, it was a fumble. It was a they, <coughs> they ruled it as a fumble. Okay. Uh yeah, the, he fumbled it, it passed over to the kid, and they ruled him out of bounds. Uh, they called they called it from what I could see, the ref didn't have a good view, good vantage point. Of it, he was focused more on the ball, so he wasn't paying attention to the kid's feet. And because of that, was it Sermon or McMorris? I think it was McMorris that recovered it. Anyways, no, it was Sermon. What? P- pardon this, people. We're 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 we've dove head first into this. We we've had no prior recording experience and all that. We're so we're 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 rookies. You know, halfway, not even halfway through the season. Two weeks into the season, we've had a few things pop up that prevented us from getting a good start on this. But we're 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 working through it. We're getting there. I, yeah, I think it was Jackson Sermon. Jackson Sermon was the one who recovered, recovered the fumble, and they called, they marked him out of bounds. If they hadn't called time to it, he was already in the end zone. That's a touchdown. Completely and utterly changes the game, momentum, and everything. And I think Cal could have walked away with the win. Uh, the offense for Hugh Freeze did not look crisp and in fact it was a struggle <laughs> it was yeah i mean Peyton Thorne was 9 for 14 for 94 yards two touchdowns and an interception it was not great and Ashford was 1 for 3 for 0 yards, yards. yeah and and he only had 8 yards on four carries it was it was a struggle through everything, Jarquez Hunter was your best player, probably maybe. I, 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 which he is their best yeah, running between back. Between that and Damari Alston, yeah, it's it, it's it. it was that was that was a rough team, performance really. by I mean, them. I honestly expected. Yeah, it was Auburn a very sloppy better. game. Very sloppy on both sides, and we're. We're we're looking at it, and 
some people are going to start panicking about Auburn now. Like I thought Hugh Freeze was supposed to change this offense and make it more dynamic, and he will. I have no doubt of that. Uh, you see what he did over at Ole Miss before the hookers, and he he beat Bama. Now, and that's with Ole Miss, with Auburn, who has far more history, far more uh, a, a far more storied history, and if we're being honest, probably richer and better boosters. It's it's he should turn it around. He's going to be most dangerous this year. I'd say probably the Iron Bowl is going to be one to watch this year. I, I do believe that yes. because that's going to be last week of the season. The offense, everyone's going to know the offense by heart by then. It's, it's going to be an interesting game for sure this year. And, and Auburn will always have a, a pretty solid defense. There, it's it's hard. You're hard pressed to find a bad defense coming out of Auburn. That that defense line is astounding at times. Yeah, I mean, it, you got a little bit of an excuse for Auburn. I mean, they're they're playing at Cal. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you know, it's cross country flight. Playing basically. at ten o'clock at night. I mean, you know, most of the time that they're playing at seven o'clock at the early at the latest, and it's you yeah. know ten o'clock kickoff on the east on the west coast. I mean, it, it's you yep. know jet lag, all that stuff. So Pro- probably didn't Cal don't really have that excuse, but we we expect that out of Cal. Um, they're right. they're one of no. We we expect that out of Cal. They're but then again they're going to uh, the ACC next year, right? Yep. That's oof. It's gonna suck forever. He's got to go to Cal to play. Yeah, just think about think about all the non-football athletics too. Mm-hmm. Having to constantly go back and forth, cross-country flights. To NC State or Duke or North Carolina or Clemson for a softball game or I don't know baseball games, gymnastic tournaments, everything that they could have picked better. They could have picked better, or they could have just stayed and helped admit. Let's see. Cal and Stanford stay with the pack. Now is pack two. Then you have to find four more teams before next June, or everything dissolves. But I see two immediately in San Diego State and Boise State. But eh, well, that's for another podcast. Just. You saw a very sloppy game out of both of these teams. Auburn's is kind of excusable. Cal's, not as much. Not so much, yeah. They, I don't really know what to say about Cal, if I'm being honest. I mean, it it feels like they haven't 
had a great player since Aaron Rodgers graduated. They really haven't. They haven't been a, anywhere near the top in college football since then. So, I mean, this would have been a big win if they could have pulled this off. But ultimately they didn't. And, you know, same old cow. Yep, same Auburn old Golden Bears. Another day. Same old Golden Bears and same old creepy mascot. Yep. Uh, which I guess that leads us to the fourth game we wanted to really talk about this yeah. week. A&M and Miami. It was actually a pretty even game for a bit until, I'd say, the last quarter and a half. Midway through the third, maybe. Um, Aiden yeah. had the lead. And then they they gave it up. It Yeah, Miami took it and never gave it up. It was... It was definitely a great game. And Tyler Van Dyke definitely... Definitely showed out. He, he arrived, it feels like, in a sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, he went 21 for 30, 374 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He was probably one of the better quarterbacks this week. It was was amazing to watch because I was born in 96. So I was alive when the 2001 – 2002 Miami teams were around and when Miami was still very much relevant and right but I don't remember it that much and so you see you see them start coming back and it's like can they come back because I, I I've always heard oh oh this is the year this is the year we're back we're back the U is back and and they've always flubbed up somehow, some way or another. Are they going to? Does, is Mario Cristobal going to be able to get them back on track? Maybe. If anybody can do it, it's him. I mean, you know, he he had Oregon good for so long. I mean, they never really were able to finish finish the story. But you know that. You know, Oregon was a good team under him, and it, it took him a couple. You know, it took him a little while, but he's starting to get Miami there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a very good game by Miami. I mean, they they did really well on offense. Never really gave A and M a chance to breathe. Um, and they did really good defensively too. I mean, they still gave up three hundred and thirty six yards passing, but they also got two interceptions. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of evens out a little bit. Yeah, and, and 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 they also fumbled the ball once. They lost the fumble once. Uh, yeah. Van Dyke fumbled once, but he was able to recover it. It like Van Dyke. It seemed like nothing could go wrong for him that day. It 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 was. He looked great. He he truly did. Yeah. Uh, Miami hate, really never slowed down in this game. I mean, they they only really slowed down towards the end with uh with the injury to Cam Kitchens. 
Yeah, which, you know, you pray and you hope for the best for him. Uh, that's all you can really do in that. It, 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 it happens. You don't want it to happen, which, you know, from what, from what I've seen, he said uh, he seems to be in good shape from, from what I've read today and seen. He's, he's doing better. It's just he's been released from the hospital. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out next week. They're, they're playing Bethune-Cookman. It's, it's an easy money game. They might even hold him out the week after against Temple. It's just... Yeah, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, it's at, at that point, it's like, don't risk his health unless you're absolutely sure he's 100% ready to go. Right. I mean, you don't really need him necessarily until North Carolina. Maybe Georgia Tech the week before North Carolina, but... Maybe just it depends on how Georgia Tech's doing by that point. If right. they're three and if they're one and three, I mean, yeah, if they're, if they're one and three, you don't really need them. If if they're three and one, though, maybe, maybe, maybe you do. Yeah, that's a that's a conference game. They don't have visions anymore. I know that. Yeah. So A and M's kind of falling apart. I mean. It's it's like I was I mean, telling you. It's a good you, win against New Mexico early, but I mean, you go into Miami and you kind of get your butt kicked, really. So, yep, it was it was truly astounding to watch it. I, they still put up thirty three points, yeah, uh, which isn't bad. Yeah, it's just turnovers killed them. Wegman threw two interceptions. I think there were two fumbles as well. It just yeah. Neither team was relatively clean in the turnover battle, but Miami turned well. Miami only turned it over once, really. So I mean, you obviously want to see both teams play a clean game turnover wise, but sometimes it's not going to happen. And we saw what happened when Texas A&M turned the ball over too much. Yeah. Is there is there potential yeah. in this offense with Bobby Petrino and Jim Jimbo? Maybe you there's potential there. It's it's either going to go from here on out. It's either going to go exceedingly well, or it is going to be one of the biggest dumpster dumpster fires slash yeah. Christmas tree fires of all time. Yeah, I mean, and really, they don't have a lot of time to figure this out either. They got Louisiana Monroe Which, next uh, week, and they got to go to Auburn. Do they go to Auburn, or does Auburn come to – no, Auburn comes to them. No, no, Auburn comes to them, so it won't be too hard, but – They got to go th- They got to go and face the fight in Sam Pittman's in three weeks. Yeah, and then Alabama in four weeks. They really have – I mean, it's quick. They, they got – yeah, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas. They got Auburn. they got one game before division play, and then it yeah. it it could go really bad really quickly. Yeah, I mean there's there's potential they lose one, two, three, four, five, six, six of their last game, six of these last games. I mean, I'm counting possibly even seven. Yeah, if you count. 
Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Which Mississippi? I don't think they'll lose to South Carolina, but I mean, there's a good chance they could lose to Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. What well, was, was last year and them losing to App State at App State? There's a chance they could lose to Monroe, like Louisiana there's Monroe. A chance they could lose to Monroe. Like it just it was it was so bad last year, and if it doesn't get better this year. How much money is like these 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 alumni? They're this is oil money. They could like at some point they they have to realize we can make this money back. Let's let's go ahead and get rid of Jimbo. Right, find someone new. And and God forbid that they fire Jimbo and try to get Dion. I think if that happens, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it it would be scary as all get out though. Yeah, A and M's got money, and if if they can get somebody that's more modernized and can come in there and just change with the times and actually do something with this all this money, I mean, they could be scary good. Mm-hmm. It, they they really could. If if they are not able to turn it around, I think the only reason Jimbo will have had that national championship ring is because of Bobby Bowden's recruiting. Yes. And and it will have shown and been proven quick and in a hurry. I I guarantee you he's regretting having left Florida State right now, all, already possibly. It, granted, if Probably. he if he turns around and he's able to win two of the next three of the next four games, maybe not. If if he beats out, if they beat Alabama, he'll still have a job if they can beat Alabama. If, Unfortunately, that's still the standard. Yeah, in the SEC, is if you can beat Alabama, you still have a job. It, we it, saw it for years with Gus Malzahn. I mean, yep. If you can beat Nick Saban, you you get to have a job for one more year. You get so, one more, no matter year. how bad you're doing. Yeah, it's and and that's astounding. Truly, uh, the one good thing for him during that game is they will have home field advantage. I just yeah with with Alabama, what Alabama are you getting? Right. I mean, if, if they play like they did against Texas this week. A and M might might go in there and beat them. I mean, maybe, maybe it depends on A and M's defense. Yeah, which they they've got all these all these hot shot recruits. Granted, a bunch of their recruiting class from that best recruiting class ever has hit the transfer portal. Not not a bunch, but like three or four of their three, four, five of their like. Top guys from that Top class. recruits, yeah. Yeah, they, they left. And I never saw the point in being like, oh, they need to win it. They need to win it all this year. A bunch of them were incoming freshmen. Having to learn a new system, like, it made no sense that they had. To, I, I don't like Jimbo Fisher as a head coach. I, I, I just, there's something about him. But even I was like, give him a chance. Like you got, like he gets that recruiting class in, and 
you're saying he has to win now? No, that's not how it works. They're freshmen. They're true freshmen. Granted, sometimes you're going to have a generational freshman come in. But right, but that's that's the you know, that's an anomaly. That's not the norm. Exactly. I mean, uh, you can't expect every five-star recruit to come in there and be a, a game wrecker as a true freshman. It's just not – it's not that common. No, it, it's not. It truly isn't, and no one should expect that. It's – you need at least a year. Now, granted, we're speaking of Alabama, so why, do, why don't we go ahead and get over to what's more than likely the last – game that we really wanted to kind of discuss tonight in this I, I guess this is the review episode isn't it now we're yeah. reviewing this week um, hopefully have another podcast out sometime later this week, for, this week for a preview but getting into the last game we kind of wanted to review this week uh, Alabama versus Texas the big one this was the game Everyone, and after last year's rendition of it, everyone circled. Because if it was going to be as good as last year's, you, you'd get spoiled week two early. Everyone knew game day was going to be there. Everyone knew, just, you knew everyone was going to be there. If they could be there. And, and they chose, and game day chose to be there. And it turned out to be a really decent game. Um, what? What? Yeah, I, I mean, go, go. It, it was, it was a good game, but it was not as close as the score makes it seem. It didn't feel that way. It felt, it felt like Alabama. Just they don't have the past two years. They have not had the receiving cores that they had in 2021 and 2020 and 2019. They don't. They don't have the Jalen Waddles. They don't have the Devontae Smiths. They don't have. They don't have those guys. You know, they don't have the Jameson Williams. It's not as good of a receiving core as they've had in the past, and you can tell. But at least last year you had. Bryce Young, and they became too – that offense was way too centered around him and his ability. And and they, what – they should have never made it like that last season. And now you're seeing growing pains because of it. Right. I mean, Texas dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. I, I never I thought mean, they, I would see a Texas defensive line like that. I mean, they were they were beating this offensive this Alabama offensive line with three to four man rushes for what felt like the entire night. I never thought I would see that happen to an Alabama O line. No, I mean Texas was in the backfield almost every play. I mean, it, it was Jalen Milrow had almost no time, which which begs the question on the play calling from Alabama, why were there not a lot of designed runs for Jalen Milrow to, to counteract this? I mean, they were pressuring him every play. Let's get some designed runs in there to, to get him out of the pocket, to make them respect that when you're just dropping back to pass every time they, 
I mean, there's nothing to stop them from sending that pressure and getting to them every time. They don't have to worry about maintaining an edge. They can just get in there and get them. I mean, there, there was almost no designed runs for Jalen Milrow the entire night. So, I don't mm-hmm. – he's only 15 rushes for 44 yards, and he was almost their leading rusher, which says a lot about that. It, that's not even including the sacks. defense. I mean, yeah, they – Dude, it was. It, it was, was a beatdown. It felt like it. I mean, he got sacked five times. Five times. Five times, two interceptions, I believe. Yeah, and and going in, going into this game, you you heard so going into the season. Oh, we're bringing Murder Ball back. We're, we're, we're bringing it back, and it's Jesus heard, oh, this big, dominant, run-blocking offensive line. Where was it? I I just – it was – it wasn't the Alabama of old, but it it wasn't the Alabama of the past few years either. It was – it was rough to watch in a sense. Jalen Milrow looked semi – looked not even semi-confident. He looked confident on a bunch of the deep balls – but he can't hit those intermediate passes. It's it's no, just, and they kept calling him. Really, mean, they did. It's like, oh, we know they know they can't that he can't do this. So we'll keep throwing it because they won't expect it. No, he threw two interceptions, and on it's it's just astounding. You look at him, and then you look at what happened with Quinn Ewers, and Quinn Ewers just. He went off. I. It really does make me believe that if he does not get injured last year, they beat Alabama in Austin last year. Yes. If Hudson Card doesn't injure his leg, I still think they would have beat Alabama. But you had both of your you had your starter and your backup injured, and your injured backup is playing. Through a leg injury that hinders his mobility, I, I just, I truly do believe that doesn't happen. Bama loses last year. Bama would have had, what, three losses on the year? Three losses, yeah, if they lose that game last year. I, and, and you saw what happened this year. It was, Jalen Milrow is a freak athlete. I, I do believe that, but, He's he's not the same kind of quarterback that Quinn Ewers is. Quinn Ewers, you know when he throws the ball up, he can hit any one of those freak receivers he's got. With Jalen, it's like, it better be a deep ball because that's what he's best at. And you better hope that those Alabama receivers can get it because Texas had the better receiving core last night. They had oh, yes. not last night, uh, two nights ago, or Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> they had the better receiving core with Xavier Sori, who's probably one of the top wide receivers in the country. I'd, I'd say two behind Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you had A.D. Mitchell, who just it's like any time he can, he he stunts on Alabama any chance he gets. Because yes. he was at Georgia last, he, he was at Georgia the past two years, and now he's back at Texas, 
And it's just like any time you needed a clutch touchdown in a big moment, big game, A.D. Mitchell was a guy. Whether it was Georgia versus Alabama in the 2021 National Championship, whether it was Georgia versus Ohio State in the Peach Bowl last year, or earlier this year, technically. Right. Or if it was Saturday night when he gets two of these amazing clutch touchdowns or and this amazing clutch pass on on the sideline, it was it was just like, oh, that gum. AD is very much still here. Right. It it was that often the offensive line just holy crud, dude. I never thought I would see Texas play like that. I, I have not seen them play like that since 2009. It was... Yeah, no, this is Texas. I don't want to say it, but it, I think Texas might be back. If they if they play like this every weekend, they're going to run through You just jinxed 12. it. I don't you, know. You just jinxed it. I just, I don't, I don't, if they play like this every night, or every weekend from no here excuse. until the end, I, they don't have an excuse. They should, they should sweep the Big 12. They honestly should. They they truly should. There's, they don't have an excuse. I think the only excuse would be as if Oklahoma came out and beat them in the Red River shootout. And yes, it is the shootout. It is not the showdown. Red River showdown no. is stupid compared to shootout. The most I'm willing to compromise with is rivalry. And even then, still the shootout. It is, it's always been a shootout. Yeah, um, right, it is. But Oklahoma is the only team that's going to be close enough, talent-wise, to compete with Texas in the in the Big Twelve this year. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't think Oklahoma's anywhere close to the talent that Texas has. Nor do I think they have the same coaching staff. I mean, Texas has a very good coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I. And and you're going to see that game in four weeks because Oklahoma is, you know, it's going to be at the Texas State Fair. And but still, October seventh is when that game happens. Uh, that's going to be their biggest test, I would say. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 looking like it might be a pretty easy walk through to the playoffs for them, which you know, you would like to see you would like to see in the last four team playoff for some different teams in there. Um, Yeah. Texas has the best chance of any Big 12 team to get in the playoffs this year, definitely. They've got the best chance of putting up a fight. But against put, anybody, against yeah. anybody, they they could feasibly go in and win it all at this point. Now, granted, if they we, continue to play like this, yes, and they stay healthy, it. I mean, college football is such a long season. I mean, anything can happen. People get strenuous. hurt. Just it's it. You don't know what's going to happen. And and that is one of the scariest, but also one of the best parts about it. I, I truly do think now that Texas and Oklahoma are going to be great additions to the SEC long term. But it's 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 gonna be amazing 
to to watch this unfold. It, it uh, just this season it might just be what ESPN is trying to tag it as as the greatest story ever played. It might honestly be that. Yeah, it's. This is going to be a really good football season. Nobody looks super dominant so far. So far. There hasn't been a team that has come out and taken, you know, taken this season by, you know, by the horns and said, this is, you know, this is our season. Nobody's really done that yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looked super duper impressive. Yeah, because, because, I mean, you look at North Carolina, first game against South Carolina, they, they just killed Spencer Radler. Let's be honest. They, they killed. Right. South Carolina's offensive line, they killed Spencer Adler. Then they go double overtime with App State, which I don't know why people – I don't know why people keep booking App State. I just – I do not get that. I don't know. App State's been good about every time they play somebody. You are playing a dangerous game, a very dangerous game. Like, people do not realize that. And then you have what happened with Texas Tech. They – they go and they have a loss to Wyoming right now. But it was a pretty close loss. 33-35. They had to go up to Wyoming. But you also yeah. go and look at this last week and they fought the crap. They fought with Oregon. Oregon only skated by on an eight-point win. In yeah, fact, with Texas, a huge comeback in the, in the fourth quarter, too. Exactly. They had to come back to beat Texas Tech, which strange things happen in Lubbock. There are, there, are two, right. there are two places I for sure never want to be uh, a way coach in. That is Lubbock at all. And that is either Lubbock, Texas, or on the plains in Auburn. There is freaky voodoo magic that goes on in those places. Right. So I just this this season's going to be an amazing season. I, I truly cannot wait for it. I can't wait for next Saturday. I can't wait for the Saturday after that. Can't wait for some Thursday night action. Like th- this is going to be a great season. Agreed? Agreed. This is going to be a very good season. I mean, like I said, nobody's really claimed anything yet, and it's exciting. As just a college football fan in general, regardless of who your favorite team is, this is this is going to be a very fun year. There's This is going to be a, a fun playoff battle. There's not really anybody set in stone, so this is, this is going to be fun this year. Mm-hmm. I – Okay, just randomly perusing, by the way, UCF uh, barely beat Boise State, eighteen to sixteen. That that seems like a weird score. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, and they play Villanova this week. The Fighting Malzans, Fighting Golden Knights, Gus Bus. Anyways, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to this first episode of the podcast, almost an hour long. Uh, we're happy to be starting to do this. Hope, you know, hopefully this is very much a two times a week type deal, and maybe once a week during the off season. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's the start of something big. So, yep. 
we 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 hope for the best. We wish you all the best. And thank you for listening. Please tune in to the next episodes. You know, uh, we're on spot Spotify, obviously, and multiple other platforms. So, hey, start of a great story, start of a great podcast. Talk to y'all later. Thank <laughs> you.